That was a nice move by Pipkins, taking it right to the rack himself. Wide open three, left wing, and it's good. Nylon, the dunk likes that, Matt. A three from the right side, and it's good! The one, Pipkins, the man, yet again. Hello and welcome to The Flex. I'm Matt St. Jean. This is Joe Howie. And we're bringing you, this is going to be our, our Big East Awards show. We're going to run through the official awards and give you our picks for them. And we have a couple fun awards of our own that we're going to get to. Some show-specific ones, just for some fun. Recapping this Big East year. But before we do that, we're going to plug. We have a tournament challenge group on ESPN. So if anybody, any of our listeners want to make a bracket and submit it, you can compete against other listeners of the podcast to see who has the best bracket out of everybody. And the winner is going to get a... (laughs) Yeah, maybe you, Joe. Might be me. I I have some adventurous picks in my bracket. I can tell you that much. You got Georgetown in the final four? Of course. The winner, whoever finishes first place in this group, will get a coffee mug with the Flex logo on it, courtesy of us. So there is a prize. There is something in it for you. You can check out our Twitter we're going to have links to it right there. So please come in, join with us. Obviously, Friar season is over, but college basketball keeps going. We're big basketball fans, and we want you to, to come on this March Madness journey with us. It's been a while since we've had March Madness action. It's exciting that it's back, even though the Friars are not in it. So it's half make sure exciting. You, yeah, not, yeah. But make sure you check that out. Make sure you join and play along with us, and maybe you'll, maybe you'll get a fresh new coffee mug out of it with our name and logo on it. Let's get to the fun stuff, though, Joe. Wait, side note. Most creative bracket name. We'll get a shout-out on the next podcast. Yes. Yes, I like that. You come up with a funny bracket name, we're going to talk about you. So make sure you do that. No profanity. Yeah, no profanity. Let's talk about these Big East awards, and we're going to start with the serious ones, and then we'll get to the fun stuff. We did our first and second team, all Big East. Joe, do you want to start saying who you have on yours yeah um i mean a lot of these guys are are, are gonna need no explanation some uh might need a, a little a few sentences but here we go um my first team i'll just run down the line uh nate watson from providence marcus zagorowski from creighton julian champagne from st john's sandro mamukalashvili from seton hall and colin gillespie from villanova um, really similar to what the Big East produced. Only difference is I subbed in Watson for Robinson Earl. I thought Watson's offensive presence uh, was more dominant than that of Robinson Earl's defensive presence. So, you know, you're switching offense for defense here. Um, Robinson Earl, I thought, you know, caught the short end of a lot of bad matchups in the paint specifically. He plays too big out of position, so I just didn't think his defensive presence was strong enough to warrant first team. But Otherwise, I think everyone else on there is deserving. Um, I was balancing, you know, Colin Gillespie and some other people, but I think Villanova losing him the past couple of games, it's really shown how important he is, even with guys like Justin Moore, Robinson Earl, Samuels. Like, Gillespie was their floor general, and you could say that about any point guard, but to watch them kind of unravel the past couple of weeks, it's like no, you really didn't realize how serious of a piece he was to that team. So I think he's he's on first team for sure, but... Zagorowski, Champagne, Mamu, all, you know, self-explanatory. Yeah, and we did these after the Big East tournament. So this is taking yes. that into account. 
I have almost the same as you, Gillespie, sure thing. Zegarowski had a great year. Champagne, Mamu, and I put Robinson Earl. I mean, I think when it comes to Mamu, Robinson Earl, Nate Watson, you can pick any two out of those three, and you're not going to go wrong. Mamu and Robinson Earl, I think, were a little bit more dynamic than Watson. Watson does a lot. Those guys do a little bit more. So that's why they get the nod. Again, you can't go wrong with any of them. I will mention, if you saw us on Twitter before the Big East tournament, we were in on the podcast. We were very critical of David Duke not being on the first team. I think you'll notice after the tournament, neither of us had him on the first team. And I think what you said about Villanova without Gillespie combined with how good Zagorowski looked in the tournament and how not good David Duke looked in the one-and-done performance for the Friars, I think that's what knocked Duke down for both of us. Yep. And perfect segue to second team. Um, For me, David Duke from Providence, Zach Fremantle from Xavier, Paul Scruggs from Xavier, James Booknight from Connecticut, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl from Villanova. David Duke, Matt, nail on the head. The other two guards, like Gillespie's absence shows his worth, and Zagorowski had a really good Big East tournament. Really, really good showing, especially against UConn. I feel like he was hitting every shot, especially in the paint, which is unusual for him, but David Duke, um, I feel like a lot of Friar fans were were kind of blinded by the 30-point performances and the dominance all season. And, and the DePaul game really opened everyone's eyes to a lot of the inconsistencies with David Duke. Again, hell of a player. If he sticks around next year, he, he will be a lottery pick for sure. But um, the inconsistencies kind of outweighed the, the strength of, of his dominant performances. So he falls to second team. And a lot of people, I'm, I'm sure, the Connecticut crazies are going to go nuts over this James Booknight didn't play enough Big East games to warrant a first team selection I'm sorry and and by the way he's really soft too he gets a cramp and gets carried off the floor by two coaches you want to say that man is on the first team absolutely not is he is he a great player yeah but he's soft and sample size is much smaller than the the players that actually played a full season uh, my second team Almost exactly the same as yours. We picked the same 10 players for our first and second teams. My only difference was Watson's on the second team and Robinson Earl was on the first. So Duke, for all the reasons we said, Book Knight probably replaces Zegarowski in my eyes if he plays the full season, but he didn't. Scruggs had a fantastic year. Scruggs is really, I mean, we've talked a lot about Duke, Book Knight, and Gillespie, and Zegarowski is the top guards of the conference. Scruggs was fantastic all year long and really could have easily, yeah, he could have been in conversation for that first team too. Scruggs had a great year. Fremantle also a great year for Xavier and Watson, another great year. I mean, you look up and down these first and second team lineups. There's a lot of really, really talented players here, but let's move on to the, uh, the third all biggies team we have here. And we're going to have a little bit of fun with this. We talked this about this at the <laughs> beginning of the season. We teased that this was going to come at some point. It's our all-name team, our favorite names in the Big East. Joe, let's we have we have two names, we have three names here that are the same. So let's just start with those, and then we'll okay. go and we'll say the other ones. It's the DePaul okay. guys. DePaul yeah. has the best names in the Big East. You want to tell the people the three names we have from them? Well, it's okay, <laughs> okay. Um... So we got Kobe Elvis, Javon Freeman Liberty, and Paulie Polycap. It's ironic. The the worst team in the conference. By the way, Dave Lato fired. 
We also yes. I, how how many times did we say that in the past month? <laughs> Complete. I know we said that like a hundred times. He's yeah. fired. See you later. Yeah, everybody, everybody knew that was coming. <laughs> but um, Polly Polly Cap, I thought he was a jerk, and that um, you know, we don't have to get into it. Basically, let his ego ruin his play. Polly Polly Cap, Kobe Elvis, Javon Freeman, Liberty, all from the Blue Demons. The last place team in the conference actually has the best roster of names. So that's three of our starting five. Matt, you can continue, and then I'll, I'll follow up after. All right, yeah. Yeah, and no, I mean, those three, that's just – they're all fantastic to say, and they're all just so much fun. I mean, we identified that – or I mean, these were these were front runners from the beginning of the season. I think we both knew – everybody knew that they were going to be on the all-name team. Yeah. I'm going to go my, – my next guy, we're going to Georgetown. It's Kudis Wahab. You got a name that starts with a Q. That's a winner in my book. That's just a lot of fun. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue. Not to mention it looks like cutis. Yeah. But, I mean, you know what? That's just, it's fun to say. And you know what? The lob to Wahab, it works. So that right yeah. there. Yeah, as a broadcaster, Kudis Wahab, that is a great name. And my last one, Yukon. Friar fans know him. A cook, a cook. The name so so nice they gave it to him twice. Again, easy choice for me. I like that. It's simple for a broadcaster. You only got to learn the name once, and you can just repeat it. it. It's it's fun. It's fun. That's the end of the day. That's why it's on here. Joe, who do you have? Um. So this is gonna throw people for a curveball because these aren't their actual birth names. It's kind of their nicknames. Um. Isaiah Whaley and Carlos Johnson. Carlos Johnson, we didn't really see him this year. He's on Butler. I'm not sure if he was a red shirt or a walk-on or whatever, but um, Isaiah Whaley's nickname is Pork Chop, um, which I just thought was hilarious because I I can imagine he got that like when he was younger and probably chubby. Like they probably called him Pork Chop. Um, and Carlos Scooby Johnson. I mean, that's just fantastic. Like Scooby. Like if you if you hear the word Scooby, you don't think of Scooby Doo. Like, yeah, no, I don't know what's fantastic. wrong with you. <laughs> exactly, Scooby exactly. Johnson. That's yeah. Yeah. self-explanatory. Scooby is, Scooby is always a fun name. There was a football player for Arizona who was named uh, Scooby Wright, I think. Uh, I want to say he won like Defensive Player of the Year or something. And I just, oh man, it's the same thing. Scooby is just always so much fun. Yeah. Now let's uh, we'll get back to the serious stuff for a second. It's our individual awards. We'll start with player of the year. Um, for, for player of the year, freshman of the year, and coach of the year, we actually all picked the same ones because we thought it was pretty obvious to us. Joe, who's our player of the year? Uh, uh, Mamu, he plays the two. <laughs> yeah, he's the do-it-all big. Mamu is just a fantastic player, and there's a lot of really good players in the Big East. This award could have gone to a couple people. But Mamu, I think, for both of us, kind of took it at the end of the day for the way that he ran that Seton Hall team. Freshman yep. of the year, it's, I mean, there's, there's two guys here. Potts yeah. Alexander and, from St. John's for what he did in the regular season and Dante Harris for Georgetown for what he did in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, this, this actually, <laughs> a, little, a little look inside uh, the podcast I actually just typed Dante Harris as we were discussing Mamu as I'm looking on our Google Doc because I remember that this was a post-Big East Tournament Awards. So before this, 
we had Pasha Alexander. I think Matt and I were in agreement on that. But Dante Harris had one hell of a Big East tournament. So to to say that these awards are given with the Big East tournament included, it, it would have been a huge slight to him to not include him. So he's on there too. And as the Big East has proven, you know, you can give out multiple you can give one award to multiple people. I mean, we had three players of the year, so we can do two freshmen of the year. Yeah, yeah, we can. And we're actually going to do two coaches of the year as well. And this, I yes, mean, sir. this follows right with that freshman of the year. It's Mike Anderson at St. John's, Patrick Ewing at Georgetown for basically the same reasons we just talked about with Posh and Harris. Yep. I mean, St. John's, uh, Self-explanatory. One of the biggest turnarounds in regular season history with respect to a team that used to be at the top of the conference and and used to run the land. They've fallen to the basement, and Mike Anderson has picked that team up out of the gravel and brought them back to the top. Finished fourth. I don't think anyone predicted them to finish as high as fourth. I think, what's his name? Andy Katz had them around 5-6. And Patrick Ewing, man, I mean, picked dead last. And they won the conference tournament. I, I mean, and they won. earned it because they they played that well at the end of the season. And what they did to Creighton in that championship game, and Patrick Ewing was uh, he did a fantastic job. And with that depleted Round. roster, with what he's had to deal with, whew. I I just I want I want I want to make a note to Mac McClung. He's probably not listening to this, and he probably doesn't even care about my opinion, but. How does it feel to leave Georgetown because you think that they suck and then they go and win the Big East Tournament Championship without them? Yeah, I was hoping that we were going to get a a Georgetown-Texas Tech matchup in the first round of the NCAA Tournament. We came close, but we didn't quite get it. (laughs) I Actually, I I was screwing around with some brackets today. They would have to meet in the national championship for that to happen. Unfortunately. I mean, that so would be a lot chances of Chances are they'll never play. Yeah. yeah. That would be fun, but unlikely. We'll head down uh, our most improved player of the year. Joe, I know you you gave this to two people. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm going to start with Denzel Mahoney from Creighton. I, I think he goes under the radar with respect to his improvement from last season to this season. I mean, you look at his performance at Butler, you look at his performance in the Big East tournament, and just throughout the course of the season, I think he was re- he really went under the radar, under the shadow of Mitch Ballack and Zagorowski, and even Damian Jefferson, who had one great season too. But I think Denzel Mahoney really improved his game. He, he was a really a versatile wing. You know, he could score the ball outside, he could beat you inside, good on the dribble, good off the dribble. Really under the radar player, and I remember at the dunk last year, this is terrible, but some intoxicated students in the fan section were chanting rec specs at him, which, um, you know, I'm not a fan of, of teasing the players on their physical appearance or things out of their control, but he, he was, he waved to them like, you know, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. And then I think he blocked someone. So I, I, obviously you don't want your player to get blocked, but I thought that was pretty cool that like, it's a good he response. Kinda was like, yeah, that was a great response. So yeah. I, I kind of like De- uh, Denzel Mahoney. Uh, thankfully, he didn't do great against us. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, one of the more improved players. And then following him, Matt, I know you have the same person, Nate Watson. The The fact that he didn't get this award from the Big East coaches is highway robbery. He is by far the one of 
the most improved players in the conference from last year to this year. And Champagny got this award from the coaches, and it's hard to disagree with it too much, but to me, Nate Watson was just far and away the most improved player. The jump that he made from last season, uh, his increase in points per game, and this is a guy who just came out as an entirely different player. Give Champagny the credit, but to me, Nate Watson was just the guy who made the biggest jump from last year to this year. And if that's what this award is about, Nate Watson was far and away that to me. Next up, we got Defensive Player of the Year. Um, my pick for this was Isaiah Whaley over at UConn. He was a block machine. He did a lot. This is, that was the best defense in the conference, uh, according to Ken Palm. And he was a big reason for why it was as good as it was all year long. So, that I mean, this is the pick for me. But when you're going defensive play, I mean, this could have gone to a lot of people. Joe, I know you went a different way with it. Yeah, I actually, this is probably going to come as a shock to a lot of people. I went with Jamorco Pickett from Georgetown. And this didn't really occur to me until the Big East tournament. It, it kind of forced me to look back at, at him and I think his defensive efforts on Jimmy Nichols and A.J. Reeves when we played them. He's not the the biggest stat stuffer with respect to the box score, but his on-ball defensive IQ is really good. He's really good at switching men. He's one of those longer players. <laughs> Matt, we were teasing in the pregame that, you know, he grew and now plays the four, even though he used to play the three, similar to yeah. what Alpha Diallo did when Diallo went from 6'6 six, six to 6'7 six, in the span of a nine-month offseason. But I, I thought Jamorco Pickett went under the radar defensively. I thought he was really good on the ball um, with on-ball defense, really good at pick-and-roll defense, and just his length was a l- really disruptive to a lot of the lo- the shorter players in the conference. So I pick, I went you know, with the, an underdog here, Jamorco Pickett. There, there are a ton of other guys that are probably more deserving, but you know, I, I want to give it to him because I don't think he gets enough recognition with respect to the rest of the conference. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think that's a really good pick for that. I mean, that's a guy, like you said, who has not gotten the recognition he deserves. A big part of why Georgetown made the run that they made. Our last individual award before we get to the fun ones. Sixth man, guy coming off the bench. You have two for this again, Joe. Tell the people, <laughs> tell the people how you're going with this. Um. So anyone that knows me knows that I don't like Villanova, Connecticut, or Marquette, right? I've made that so obvious over the course of this entire season, and yet my sixth man goes to two of those players, one from Marquette, one from Connecticut. I'll start with Marquette. Greg Elliott, um, good scorer, big body, good on defense, you know, can hit the three. I I thought he was pretty good off the bench for Marquette. I didn't really like playing against him. Didn't like him last year, didn't like him this year, so – Usually if you don't like a player, that means something. It either means they're a jerk or it means they're talented. So Greg Elliott's one of my six men of the year. And then Tyler Polly from UConn, um, obviously we saw what he did actually at Marquette when Connecticut was down how many and then came back to win it in the second half. Was that 21-22? Marquette was routing them in the first half, and Tyler Polly kept hitting threes all throughout the the latter half of the first half and then the beginning of the second half he was a silent assassin for connecticut and i really don't like to give connecticut a lot of props i think if it wasn't for james book night they probably would have been one of the worst teams in the conference because dan hurley isn't a great coach four and four without book night ten and three with him i mean the obvious x factor there is james book night that's not coaching um long side tangent but tyler Polly 
Greg Elliott, my two six men of the year. Yep. Those are good picks. I actually I went with Isaiah Moore over at St. John's. He started the year in their starting lineup, then ended up coming off the bench. But he was a really impactful player for them down the stretch. Just a really solid guy. He helped the Red Storm a lot, was an integral part of that, of Mike Anderson's lineup there, which is unfortunate because I picked him. And since picking him, Isaiah Moore has actually decided he's going to transfer. He's leaving St. John's. So he'll get this award on his way out of the conference. Let's get to the fun stuff here. We had a couple uh, couple fun awards we're going to give out. The first one. We're calling this one the Theo John Award. This one is given to the player who, when you hear his name, you go, how is he still playing in the Big East? Yeah. Uh, that guy who, you, I mean, you, you go up and down the lineups at the start of the season, and you really think, you, you remember him playing for that team 10 years ago. So my pick for this, and both of our picks for this, because it's the inaugural Theo John Award. It's Theo John. He's still in the conference. Can't name the award after him and not give it to him. So it's Theo John gets it this year. And then we'll see. We'll see who gets it next year. You added somebody else too, Joe. Um. Yeah, I also added Mitch Ballack in there. I feel like I've been hearing his name forever. I actually went back, and this was one of my my sulking days after we lost to 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 Paul, but I watched the Kyron Cartwright highlights from 2018, the Big East tournament. I'm pretty sure Mitch Ballack is in the highlight highlight tape. I may be wrong because I didn't catch the last name, but I was like, that looks just like Mitch Ballack playing defense on Alpha Diallo. I was like, has he really been here this long? I may be wrong on that, so don't quote me on it, but I was like, man, that guy's been around forever. I also think <laughs> the Theo John Award can also double as <laughs> the worst big man in the Big East. <laughs> And the reason I say that is because there were a lot of times where Mitch Ballack would play switch defense and he would switch onto a big and would just get annihilated in the paint. So I thought it worked both ways. Yeah, that's the unfortunate reality that that Creighton small ball. Mitch Ballack is not a big and you do not want him trying to defend Nate Watson. I can tell you that much. So, yeah, those are that's our Theo John Award. Our next one. Joe, you came up with this one. The John Fanta Award. Shout out to John Fanta, who has come on our show a number of times now. If you're listening to yeah. this, you inspired it. This is going to be to the player that does the most work, but with the least recognition. John Fanta, obviously one of the hardest working broadcasters in the business, deserves way more yeah. credit than he gets right now. He does a great job. But for the Big East, which player got your John Fanta Award, Joe? Um, just before I give the award a... Uh, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, John Fanta calls most, if not all, of the Big East women's basketball games. He does the Big East reporting for the men's games and calls some of them on Fox Sports 1 alongside Andy Katz, all the while calling the NBA G League. So he hustles, he works his tail off, he does a lot. So for anyone who who, who heard the award and thought, oh, John Fanta doesn't do anything, no, he does a ton. Um, really, really good guy. And he also guests on a ton of podcasts and mentors people who are aspiring to be in this business, like Matt and myself. So John Fanta works his tail off, um, does not get the recognition that he deserves. But the player that I would award the John Fanta Award to is R.J. Cole. Um, again, another guy from Connecticut. I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to him. He's one of the players on Connecticut that I actually like. Um, 
I think he works his butt off. He's a great point guard. And once James Booknight came back, you know, everyone stopped talking about him. When Booknight was gone, everyone wanted to talk about R.J. Cole, Tyler Pauly, Isaiah Whaley. As soon as Booknight came back, it was like R.J. Cole was like dust. He poofed away like Thanos in an Infinity War. No, he was he's an integral part to that team. He's probably the reason Booknight gets so many open looks. So R.J. Cole did a lot with not a lot of recognition. He's the winner of my John Fanta Award. That's a good pick right there. R.J. Cole certainly, uh, I mean, he gives it all. You saw he left it out, left it all out on the floor against Creighton, <laughs> hitting his head on the floor, going out bleeding in that old school Biggie semifinal matchup. I'm going to stick it home for my John Fanta Award. I'm giving this to Noah Horkler. The way that he works on the glass, the way that he rebounds, he deserves far more recognition for it. I mean, he's just a guy who grinds it out when he's out there and he's not the strongest guy. He's not the tallest. You wouldn't, he's not the most athletic. You wouldn't think that he's the guy on the Friars that's going to be a rebounding machine, but game in, game out, he was that guy. And you add, I mean, that scoring touch that he adds and his willingness to work in the paint. I thought he was a really good, a uh, really good John Fanta award recipient. So that's going out to you, Noah Horkler. And our, uh, one of our last awards here, <laughs> we're giving out the Ryan Archidiakono Award. A little context for anybody who saw it on Twitter. Ryan Archidiakono famously got a call against the Friars in, what was that? Was that the Big East Championship game or was that the semifinal back in 2015? It, it was the 2015 semis. Yeah. Uh, he got a call very late in that game and hit the free throws that would end up winning it for Villanova against Providence. And he came out and said after the uh, one of the more uh, the Villanova Georgetown game, he tweeted out a picture and was talking about how he knew he didn't actually get fouled on it and was kind of apologizing to Friars fans after Villanova was on the bad end of a call at the end of that game. This award is going to go to the player who gets the most absurd calls in conference, a.k.a. you breathe within two feet of them and the whistle blows. It seems only fitting that this award goes to a Villanova player, although we each selected a different Villanova player. I went down low. I went with the big man, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. This the medium guy... man. He's not a big man. <laughs> well, he plays the big man in that scheme. And, I mean, this is a guy who just, he plays so soft at times. And it's smart because he draws the fouls, but he uses his opponent's size to his own advantage. The fact that he's smaller, he uses that, and he'll just pull the table out from guys and get fouls all the time. And it's just, it's infuriating to watch. It's the softest thing in the world, and he gets so many calls from it. It's just, oh, my goodness. You watch when when... Robinson Earl goes up against Nate Watson in the post. You would see that all the time, and it's so frustrating. Um, and, I mean, obviously big men get a lot of calls anyway, but he he gets a lot of them. Joe, your pick? Um, you went medium. I went small. Colin Gillespie. I, I mean, you can't tell me that at least every point guard or combo guard in the league that has guarded him has not picked up a foul or two, or three. I'm sure there's some statistic on it somewhere. There's someone with a computer that wrote all that down. But I will bet you at least one or two guard on guards on every single team in the conference picked up a foul while guarding Colin Gillespie. I, I will bet you that. If anyone can find that stat and bring it to me, I would love to see it. 
I will bet one or two guards from each team got a foul call while guarding him. It, he he's the new Ryan Archidiakono, the new Jalen Brunson, the point the Villanova point guard that is treated as fragile as glass when you're near him. Yep, I mean there's a pattern here, and you're never gonna go broke betting on a Villanova guard to win this award for us, the Ryan Archidiakono Award, because they're kind of the default unless they were somebody else. Um, I know you had one more award that you wanted to add here, Joe. I'll let you take <laughs> it away as we round up. Uh, the final award, and this will probably a tradition. This will probably be a tradition that I continue going forward because I don't think Matt agrees with it. But um, <laughs> it's the Marcus Howard Award, and it goes to the player most likely to leave the game with a air quotes injury, then come back ten minutes later after getting an IV in the locker room last year. Uh, anytime Marcus Howard um, got a foul called on him, his eye hurt, his elbow hurt, his wrist hurt. He was walked off into the locker room, and then he'd come running back out with like a, a little Dora Band-Aid on, like, I'm ready to go. Um, this year, it's got to go to James Booknight. How many times has that kid gotten a cramp? I, I think everyone knows the picture I'm going to bring up. He was He was not helped off. He was carried into the locker room with his legs stiff straight by two trainers. That's ridiculous. You're a college athlete. You're not LeBron James. Come on. It's a cramp. And then in the post-game press conference, Dan Hurley's like really concerned, like, yeah, yeah, we got James on an IV, you know. He's really sore. He was questionable for the next game. Eat a banana or something. Drink some water. You shouldn't be getting cramps. You, you, you You go to University of Connecticut, you should have the resources available to you where you're not getting cramps. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, it was quite a spectacle watching him get carried out of that game. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like that before a player momentarily turning into a corpse as he's lift as he's carried off the floor. Um, (laughs) yeah, that was was so comical. I I couldn't believe what I was watching. I was like, they're really carrying him off the floor. And he's, like, wincing in pain. And listen, cramps hurt. I'm not going to say that, but get a massage gun. Get something going. I don't know. I don't know, man. That that was soft. I don't know what they're doing at UConn, but that's going to be it for us here with our our Big East Awards. If you have any suggestions for awards that we can offer in the future, please feel free to send them to us because we would love that feedback. And, of course, make sure that you uh, join our tournament challenge. We'd love to have you in there. We can uh, have some fun with it for the rest of this year. Um, Have some fun filling out brackets, seeing who wins it, making some bold picks. Uh, Once once the brackets lock, we'll probably discuss our picks a little bit. Um, But that's going to do it for this episode. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at The Flex Hoops. And make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this. Friar season may be over, but the action is going to continue with us. Uh, we're going to have, obviously, there's been news in Friartown when it comes to transfers since our last episode. We will be addressing that in a future episode. We're going to talk about that once the dust starts to settle a little bit. And, I mean, we're going to keep talking college basketball, Big East basketball, and Friars basketball all the way until next season. So you're, you don't want to miss it. You want to stay right here with us. Matt St. Jean and Joe Howie. From us, thank you for listening.